talk. What's up, everybody, and welcome back. I know, hey, there's not been a lot of news. It's a dead week. Everybody's getting ready for the draft. We're on tier three of free agency, and obviously, there's not a lot of news out there. There's not a lot of things that are popping off, but I will tell you one thing that Richard Sherman is still not a Raider, and I'm going to keep pounding that table until Richard Sherman gets signed, but I did see that he was in Vegas, so maybe it's a sign of things to come. Who knows? Maybe he just likes to party. People like to party in Vegas. I like to think that there's another reason, and I'm going to stick with that story. I'm going to stick with that plan until it doesn't come to fruition. I think that that's the only way that I can continue to do things is live in illusion until it happens and and just plan that it happens and pray that it happens. But, you know, that's how we're going to roll with it. That's what we're going to do. The NFL is still crazy, though. Things have still been going off. Things have still been popping off in the league. I mean, you had the Jets trade Sam Darnold to the Panthers. And so the Teddy Bridgewater era looks like it's going to be over down there in Carolina or Darnold and Bridgewater are going to battle for that number one spot. Uh, Jets are sitting there at number two. So it's obvious that they're going to take a quarterback. The, the first three picks of the NFL draft are probably going to be quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. You've got the Jaguars, you've got the Jets, and you've got the Niners. And all three teams seem pretty primed to take a quarterback. I don't see why the Niners would trade up to the third spot if they're going to take somebody else. Now, currently, the Niners have four quarterbacks on their roster. That's obviously not going to be what it is when they cut down to the 53. But I think the first thing is they need to figure out what they're going to do with Jimmy G. You can't just cut him because that contract is way too big. Uh, They would love to trade him, but I think the Niners want to get a first-round pick for him, and so they need to find a trade partner. And as you get later into free agency, as you get closer to the draft, there's less and less teams that are looking to trade picks. Now, there could be a draft day trade. There could be somebody who's looking for something. Uh, I still think the Patriots are probably going to be a front-runner to get him because Belichick knows what he has in Jimmy G. You know, he also has Cam Newton right now, and the question is, is Cam Newton going to get back to being Cam Newton? Obviously, last year he had an injury. He was coming off an injury. He was dealt with COVID. He was in a new system. He didn't have a lot of weapons. And so the sample size is very small in what Cam Newton could have done last year. Uh, But the question is, is Cam going to return to form? We haven't seen him there in a few years, and obviously he's been battling. And once once the injury bug bites you, it's very hard to shake that off. And if he can shake it off, Cam is a top tier quarterback when he's when he's on. When Cam is ready, when Cam is good, he is a top tier quarterback. The problem is we haven't seen it in a few years because of the injuries, because of COVID, because of whatever's going on, deficiencies in, in his offensive systems, you know, not having the weapons around him, not having the teams around him. You know, Belichick invested a lot in this Patriots team. Too. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they play this. You know, I I wouldn't put it past them to still take a quarterback, but, you know, Cam might be the guy this year. They might go with a rookie next year. Who knows? But it'll be very interesting. But this draft, I feel like the complexity of this draft has changed. You know, you have the top three teams taking quarterbacks. You have, you know, maybe five quarterbacks going in the top 20. It's a very deep quarterback class. Semi-deep wide receiver class, not that deep with linebackers, not that deep with defensive linemen. 
And when we look at the Raiders and we look at the Raiders' needs, the Raiders still need an offensive tackle because we lost Trent Brown, and the Raiders still need a free safety. And the question is, how are the Raiders going to address free safety? I don't see Jeff Heath as the answer going into the season. He's a great veteran. He's a good guy. He's a guy that can go in there and make plays, but I don't see him as a starter. I see the Raiders taking a free safety in the draft. The question is where? The question isn't when, it's where. I think it's either going to be in the first round or the second round, and it really depends on if they take an offensive tackle first or if they take a free safety first. I think those are the top two priorities. Everybody knows it. Raiders don't need running backs. Raiders could use some receiver depth, probably won't get any receiver depth, but we'll see. The other need is still linebacker. The Raiders have a solid linebacking core right now with Corey Littleton, Nick Wachowski, and Nick Morrow coming back. But then the question is, what about depth? You have to ask about depth. You have to see what the Raiders have as the season goes on. One of the issues that the Raiders have had year in and year out, other than not getting turnovers and you know not creating plays and sacks and things like that, is not having depth. When the top guys go down, there's nobody to back those players up. There's nobody to step in and make it a, con a continuous effort to get those games won. And so the Raiders do need to focus on some depth guys. They need some depth guys that can play. Not just depth guys, not just a body out there on the field, but guys that are going to go in and make an impact in those games. And so those are the things that we look at. Those are the things that the Raiders are going to really need to focus on. And if the Raiders can find a top linebacker in the first three rounds, then we're cooking with gas. Raiders have to have a solid draft this year. Now, as we talk about defense... I think that this would be a great opportunity for us to take a quick break. And when I come back, I can introduce my guest because I think that this guest ties in perfectly with a defensive conversation. So I'll be right back in a moment. And when I'm back, we will have my guest. All right, so back with me, I have one of the greatest defensive minds in football of all time, mastermind of the no-fly zone and Super Bowl 50 champion for the Denver Broncos. Uh, we have Wade Phillips. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks, Kay. Uh, thanks for coming on. You know, it's it's a pleasure to have you on. I feel like our families have kind of been intertwined for forever. Uh, your dad drafted my dad back in 1979 in the third round, so I always feel indebted to that. Um, and then I've always heard some great stories about, about your dad and, and, uh, and you as well. Um, my dad was actually telling me about, about your dad the other day and how you guys had a practice one day and it was too hot. And your dad walked outside, took off his hat, wiped his brow and said, Nope, we're not doing this today. That's right. And he said, we don't, we don't need to practice being miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that, that we've always uh, noticed with, you know, with your teams, uh, you've always had some great defenses and you've had some of the greatest defensive players on of all time. I think um, I looked at it, it as like five defensive players of the year, two defensive rookies of the year. How are you getting the most out of the best out of these players? Uh, well, they were all really good players. I mean, you know, the, you know, I mean, Reggie White and Bruce Smith, yeah. I mean, you know, they, uh, JJ Watt, I had him when he was young too. So, you know, and, and Aaron Donald lately. So, 
uh, Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware and on and on. Three guys, <laughs> with, three guys with the older team that, that your dad was on are in the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. uh, Curly Culp uh, played nose guard. Elvin Bethay played defensive end. And then Robert Brazil went in a couple of years ago, outside linebacker. So, um, yeah, I, when I first started, I was around, of course, Earl Campbell on offense. We know that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I started, you know, and just having to be around a lot of good players. Yeah, and, you know, you talk about Earl Campbell, and, you know, obviously that's one of the reasons why my dad didn't make it in in Houston, but he found a great trade partner in, in Oakland, and it worked out for him over there with Mr. Davis. I guess um, it did. He got two Super Bowl yeah. rings, and we, we didn't, so. <laughs> and, yeah. And he had the, one of the greatest you know, pass receptions of all time. That yeah, I appreciate that. Us, yeah, so. that was uh, awesome. Yeah, but it took me a long time to get to the Broncos to win one. That's for sure. Yeah, and you know you had a lot of those teams that, that did it, but that Broncos team. I mean, look, it, me obviously as a Raider fan, it it it, it pained me to see the Broncos, but <laughs> that yeah. defense that you had. I mean, the no fly zone that you got, you orchestrated one of the greatest defenses of all time. I mean, that's definitely a top ten defense. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, I think. I think we're. Uh, number one in the league in 19 categories that year. So that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look at that team and they, you guys had Cam Newton just scrambling all over the place, making business decisions left and right. And it was, uh, it was, it was a sight to see definitely. I mean, to see all those guys flying around. Yeah. Well, we had, we had seven sacks in that game too. So, and two fumble recoveries and one for a touchdown. So yeah, we, uh, that group, I, you know, I, there weren't many teams that were much better than that group ever, really. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Now, speaking of that group, there was one guy on that team that that had a, a certain issue with one of the players on the Raiders. And <laughs> uh, there was a couple incidents. And I want to know if you know any of the backstory of that Aqib Tlaib Crabtree fight, the chain snatch and anything on that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, Talib just took it personal that somebody come out and put a chain on to play against him, basically, you know, like, Hey, this is going to be easier. This is like going to the club rather than going to the football <laughs> game. So uh, I think that was the big part of it, but uh, yeah, it rubbed him wrong. He wasn't happy. about it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you yeah. know Akeem, man, he's a, he's a wonderful guy, but, but he, he's got his, he's got his ways about him that uh, he, he's not going to let anybody mess with him. Yeah, and I think that as a defensive player, you have to have that mentality. You know, I played defensive line in, in high school and college, and, you know, you have to have that. You, you have to have the, the, the mindset that nobody's going to get go into your place or do, do anything, and that you're not going to let anybody run on you, you're not going to let anybody throw on you, and, you know, he did that. He didn't let Crabtree do anything. He took his chain, and I don't think – and they got both thrown out that game, so Crabtree yeah. didn't, didn't get any yards either. Yeah, yeah, he pulled his chain. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, you know, my dad told me to ask you about this. And okay. I guess there was a trick play that that your dad used to run uh, called the Bummerooski. Yep. He told me to, he told me to ask you about that one. To, can you explain it to me? Yeah, uh, he uh, he he started running that when he was in coaching in high school. It was just a it was off of a, basically a fake punt, um, and he ran it. And when he was coaching in high school and then uh, at Texas A&M, when he was coaching for Bear Bryant, they ran it against Rice. 
Uh, we ran it a couple of times in, uh, in pro football. I ran in high school because I played for my dad, and we ran it and, uh, you know, had about a 60-yard touchdown on it. So, nice. yeah, it was just, a, you know, people came out with the fumble ruski, you know, where Nebraska, they fumbled the ball and picked it up, but it was with a guard running run around. But this was with a, with a back or somebody, um, and, and you faked – Faked it, faked it like you were running to one side, and one one guy comes out the other side with it, and runs off with it. So it, uh, it probably still would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see that sometime. I got to go back and watch some, some film. I've been trying to see. I've been trying to catch film of the those old, those Oilers teams and get a get a few of my dad's old snaps. I only had I know he only had a handful of them, but I wanted to see a couple of them. Um, so tell me, you know, coming up, son of bum. Uh, you know, being in the coaching family, you obviously your son has fallen in your footsteps. Uh, what got you? What got you motivated about coaching? What was it about you that made you want to become a coach? Well, you know, my dad was a coach, and so right. I, you know, and like I said, he coached in high school, and he coached me in high school. So um, I, I just saw how much he loved what he was doing. You know, I'd go down to the field house or be around coaches all the time, so I knew what a coach did. You know. And, uh, and how much they enjoyed what they were doing. So when it finally came to it, you know, and I wasn't, I knew I wasn't good enough to be a pro football player. I said, well, what am I going to do with my life? And I said, well, you know, I know what coaches do and I know they like it. So, uh, so I went into coaching. And what was your favorite team that you coached? I don't know. All of them are favorites, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, one of the favorite games now you, your dad won't like this one, but, <laughs> uh, when I was at Kansas, we put, we, uh, we went to Oklahoma and they'd won 29 straight games and we beat Oklahoma and, uh, in, in Norman 23 to three. Uh, so, uh, that, that, that was, uh, one of my great memories, uh, of coaching in college. We, uh, I was at Oklahoma state and we won the, uh, the Fiesta bowl two years in a row, but I went to Kansas and, and, uh, we ended up playing in the sun bowl, uh, but we beat OU in, in uh, 1975, and they won the national championship that year. We beat them 23 to three in Norman. Wow! So uh, they were running the wishbone. So yeah, uh, and back then, those that, that was when Oklahoma wasn't losing many games. No, well, that's those, what they had won 29 in a row. Yeah, when we beat them, and then they didn't win. They didn't lose many after that. But uh, but I mean, I just my career overall, you know. Uh, you know, I've been with a lot of really good teams, and uh, most of the teams I've been with were, were winners. You know, won a lot of yeah. games. So, I, you know, that that that's fulfilling. You know, being in football is, uh, you know, it's about the competition and all that. But but you know, you enjoy winning, and it means a lot to everybody that worked hard and coaches and players. It kind of brings you together as a family. And like I say, that you know, that Bronco family will will always you know. We'll always be, you know, have a reunion or something, you know, that, you know, we, we made the, the greatest accomplishment you could have. And I know your dad gone through it with the Raiders, uh, you know, going back to uh, uh, see, see the Raiders play and being part of that group that won a couple of Super Bowls. Yeah, when you win a champion, I mean, when you reach the, the mountaintop, that's, that's the ultimate pinnacle. That's what you pay. That's what you play the game for. That's what you coach for. That's, that's what everybody puts the blood, sweat and tears for. Everybody can say that, you know, it's about, you know, they like the contracts, they like the money, but at the end of the day, yeah. it, it's about having that hardware. It's about having those rings. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I coached high school and college and pro ball. And, you know, people talk about money and all that stuff. But before the game, it's it's exactly the same in all three levels. Yeah. The dressing room is exactly the same. They all want to win. They're all excited about playing. You know, they're not thinking about anything, but, you know, going out and doing their best. And so that's the neat part of it. Yeah, that's really cool. And now your son uh, is coaching with the Rams. How how long has he been with the Rams now? Uh, this will be his third season. He's going to be the uh, uh, passing game coordinator this year. So nice. uh, he's stepping up too. You know, hopefully he'll be a, the third head coach in the Phillips family in the, in the NFL, which would be pretty neat. We'd be the only family that's ever done that. We're the we and the Schulers are the only third generation coaching family. Wow. And there's been three generations of Schulers and three generations of Phillips, uh, but. Uh, he, he could become – he might be a head – should be a head coach one of these days. And that would that would be neat. Yeah, and he's got a new quarterback down there in, in L.A. and Matt Stafford. Yeah. And yeah. I know that – I know the fans are really excited about it. I've talked to some Rams fans, and they're excited about what, what Stafford brings and just his arm strength, his, you know, his durability, um, the fact that he can play through injury, what he's done over there in Detroit with really – I mean, I think I, I read a stat that he had a total of 300-yard rushers and so a 300 yard rushing games or something like that. And so, you know, when you have, when you've got that and you got a the mind like Sean McVay, uh, it's gotta be pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, uh, yeah, they'll run the ball a lot better than what they've had at Detroit for sure. And that'll, that'll uh, but he, yeah, he's a really good player anyway. And he had to carry it all on his back. Like you say, you know, that's hard to do for any quarterback, but he did a great job of it. So. Yeah, they're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to watching them play. Yeah, absolutely. And we, I mean, you know, I look at, we talk about it's hard for a quarterback to do it all. We have a quarterback on our team that, that pretty much has to do it all right now. <laughs> I know that I was big on the Wade Phillips bandwagon. I was trying to, I was trying to do, use whatever pool I got to get you over in Las Vegas. But, oh, you know, being, being, uh, being retired, I know that you've, you've had your, you've had your, your idea, your thoughts of coming back. You've, you know, kicked it around a little bit. Are you done with football or what, what's next? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard to get back in once you're out of it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the tough thing, but uh, I, you know, I think I have something to offer, you know, maybe, maybe somebody will want to, you know, a, a consultant or, or, or somebody that can help and has some experience. I've got a little experience. Got 42 years, 42 years in, in the league. And so, uh, and, uh, and about 34 as a coordinator. So that, that, uh, uh, that would, I, I think I could help somewhere there, but we'll see. see what happens. Absolutely. And you and your son just started a podcast, right? Yeah, we're start, we're going to start one. I don't know if we can be as good as yours, but, but, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're working on that. You, you, uh, you could probably help us, uh, uh, let us know how to do some things. We don't know how to do a whole lot. My, my daughter is also she's she's editing all of it. She does all that for cool uh, dance stuff. She does so she she's good at that. So we're gonna try it and see see if anybody wants to listen. Well, I can tell you that people would love to listen. I told a couple of people that I that I was having you on, and they were pretty fired up to listen. So, I mean, the stories that you have from over the years, the the stories that you have that your son has. Um, the stories that you have of your dad, there's a lot that people will want to hear. So I know that fans will definitely want to hear it. People love to hear football talk from great football minds. 
Um, I know that you know, I want to, I don't want to take too much of your time, but I'd love if you could give us one of your favorite stories from, from co your coaching days. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I guess, uh, well, one of them about Earl Campbell, you know, <laughs> one year we had, uh, uh, Earl, Earl was, uh, reporting for camp and our, our strength and conditioning guys decided they wanted to have them run the miles instead of run forties, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for see what shape the players were in, why they wanted to do that. You know, <laughs> I mean, everywhere I've ever been, you know, they run forties and, you know, you run back to back forties and see what kind of shape you're in. Well, this year they, they decided that uh, they were going to have them run the mile to see what kind of shape were they're in. So it was tough for all of them, but, but Earl, especially, you know, he had those huge thighs and, so he made about half a mile and then he stepped off the track, you know, and, uh, he's cramping up, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, so all the press is like they are nowadays, you know, they run over to my dad, you know, and say, bum, bum, what are you going to do? He said, Earl didn't make the mile. He said, well, hell, if it's third and a mile, we won't give it to him. <laughs> he said, but we're going to give it to him the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. And, I don't think. Yeah. And we yeah. did. So, uh, uh, Earl, I mean, I watch his film, and he is one of the greatest players I've ever seen run that ball. You know, you, oh, you look yeah. at players nowadays. You got Der you Derrick Henry, you have Lamar, uh, Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, right. and you know they they play like he did. But he started that. I mean, he was the player that he didn't juke anybody. He wasn't going to run around you. He was going to run right through you and run you over. Yeah, he did that uh, quite often. Yeah, he. Uh, uh, you know, one of the players, one, one year we, uh, at Houston, we got Dave Casper from the, from the yeah. radio. And, uh, he came in, uh, really it was like in the middle of the season, he came in. And so we started running a two tight end offense and Earl had, uh, three straight 200 yard games, three straight 200 yard games, you know, so, uh, because we, we'd run that two tight end offense and yeah. Uh, you know, whichever side the safety was on, they just run away from the safety. And, and of course, Casper was a good blocker too. He was not yeah. only a receiver, but he was a really good blocker too. So, uh, so that fit in pretty well. And, uh, you know, our regrets, uh, only regrets were letting your dad go. And then we also uh, let another guy go that was a pretty good receiver named uh, Steve Largent. He, <laughs> we also drafted him in the third round one year. And uh, he had a pretty good, he had a pretty good career. Yeah. And, and we let him go and, and, uh, Seattle got him and he did pretty good. So, yeah. uh, we let some really good players go too. not only had some really good ones, but, uh, let a couple of really good ones get away. Yeah. Well, coach, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to come on and speak with me. It was great talking football. Hopefully we get to talk again sometime, um, maybe during the season when some, some of the craziness wears off and, Oh, you know, yeah. People can get into games, yep. um, but for the people that are for the people that are listening for that are watching this podcast, um, what is going to be the name of your pod? And then also, where can where can fans find you? Yeah, I mean we we uh, we've done several episodes, but we hadn't put it put it all together yet. But uh, it, it's called uh, Wade and Wes Phillips Overtime, and uh, so uh, so. Uh, 
I, I'm not sure which platform we're going to be on yet, but I, okay. I imagine it's going to be any of them. So, and it won't, uh, it'll be another month or so probably before we get started. Perfect. And then your Twitter is at, at son of bum, correct? Yeah, I'll announce it on there for sure. I'll, Perfect. Uh, Twitter, if you're a Twitter fan, it'll be on there. So at son of bum, you're right. Perfect. So we look forward to seeing that coach Phillips. I really appreciate you coming on again and I hope to talk to you again soon. You bet. And say, you know, my regards to your dad too, man. What a great Thank guy. you. And uh, I know you're proud of him, but we really were too. I mean, he did, he did, he did what we thought he could do when we drafted him. And that's great. That's awesome to hear. I'll, I'll definitely let him know. All right. Super. So there you have it. Wade Phillips, one of the greatest defensive minds in professional football. I mean, he is coach Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Sean Merriman, Vaughn Miller, Akeem Tlaib. The list goes on and on. Aaron Donald. He's had some of the greatest defenses of all time. He had one of the greatest defenses of all time with the no-fly zone Broncos. An absolute pleasure to have him on today. Got to talk some football, talked about the Phillips lineage, and it'd be great to see his son Wes get a head coaching job in the National Football League. To see that third generation of Phillips donning the headset, standing on the sidelines as a head coach in the National Football League. Wes is tasked with taking on a new quarterback this year with Matt Stafford, a guy who's mentally tough, physically tough. He's put his team on his back a number of times in Detroit and didn't really have a lot of the recognition deserved because of the teams that he had, because of the lack of weapons that he had around him, because of the lack of defenses, and now he's got that over in Los Angeles. In a very competitive division, you've got the Niners that are looking to compete. You've got the Seahawks that are always competitive, and you've got the Cardinals that are up and coming. And we've talked to a good friend of the podcast, Brenton Buckner, about what they expect to do, adding J.J. Watt and having Chandler Jones and bringing in a guy like A.J. Green. So that NFC West is going to be very competitive, very exciting, very disruptive. And like I always say, The NFL is always better when the NFC West and the AFC West are good. When you've got the Raiders good, when you've got the Niners good, when you've got the teams surrounding them good, when you've got all those teams that are playing well, the NFL just elevates itself. I tell you guys what, I can't wait until football season starts again. I can't wait till we start seeing some players out there. And speaking of players out there, Derek Carr has been out there working with his wide receivers, his tight ends, already in the Vegas sun. Love to see it. John Brown has been out there. Henry Ruggs, Foster Moreau, Darren Waller, Alec Engel. These guys are ready to roll. These guys are getting prepared. They're getting ready. And I'm excited to see what they put out there because we see the players getting after. We see the players that are hungry. You've got new players that just signed free agents. You've got second-year players that are out there. You've got veterans out there. Players want to get better. Players on this team are looking to improve. They got embarrassed in their own home. Having a losing record in Allegiant Stadium in the inaugural year, it's got to sting. You know, having that midseason fall, it's got to sting. And I hope every one of those players goes in to every single workout and thinks about that as they're preparing for the upcoming season because it's going to be exciting. If this team is firing on all cylinders, they are going to be a force to be reckoned with. If that defense gets together, if that defense can start creating a pass rush, can start getting to the quarterback, can start creating turnovers, This is going to be a very exciting team. And I know that some of you guys are quote-unquote realistic Raider fans and don't want to hear all that, but I'm going to tell you right now, 
this team could be exciting. This team has the potential to be exciting. And me, as an optimistic Raider fan, being realistic, looking at this team that was a top 10 offense, we're just a defense away. We got a new defensive coordinator. Go out, get us a free safety, get us an offensive tackle, and let's get to work. Until next time.